Well, this morning I would invite you, if you've got your Bibles, you can take those and you can pull them out or your electronic device if that's what you like or it will be on the screen as well. Um, In a few moments, we're going to be looking at Psalm 23 as we talk through our message this morning. But as we prepare our hearts, let's, let's just go before the Lord. God, as we come to this moment, we just want to open our hearts to hearing what you want to say to us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to lay aside just getting through a moment, but Lord, really that we're, we're tuning in and say, God, we believe you want to say something to us today. Help us to hear it, Lord, um, and help us to respond to it in the way you're calling us to live. God, I pray now that I would be out of the way and Jesus would be seen, and what is said and done would bring you glory and honor, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning we are starting um, a new series, and we'll be walking through the next couple of weeks worth, and that is Shepherding Abundance. Um, And in the fall, oftentimes churches, we tend to do a stewardship campaign, and and it's where we talk about how are we utilizing our resources? What are we doing with them for God's kingdom? And I really want to encourage you to um, not just go through this moment and just say, oh, we've got to do that again. I really hope that as we walk through this moment, these next couple of weeks, we're really pressing in to what is God wanting to say to us? You individually, not the neighbor, but to you ultimately. Because really, this is a great season. I think every t- we need periodic stopping points within our year that cause us to stop and evaluate how are we utilizing what we have been given and then what are we going to do moving forward and what is God calling to do? Because we can get on autopilot and just go through the motions. But I think God every year wants us to kind of think through again, how are we, it gives us a great moment to evaluate. So how is God calling us to steward the areas God has entrusted to us? So this morning, over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at growing ultimately a mindset of abundance. So how do we grow in a better understanding of it and how do we live into it in a way then that God can work through us to bless others? Now, in abundance, if we look in the New Testament, here's what abundance basically means from that perspective. It means, abundance means exceedingly, beyond measure, and more than expected. I mean, that's probably not rocket science, but I want you to think about it. When we're talking about abundance, it's more than we can expect. It's exceeding, all right? It's overflowing. Now, I want you to ask yourself this question today. Do you see life that way? Is it full Is it overflowing? Is it more than expected? Or have we even thought about that in a way? So I want you to think here today how much abundance we have, okay? So can I ask you, how many of you have stuff? Okay, we got some stuff, right? How many of you got a lot of stuff? Yeah, okay. I find out how much stuff I have every time I have to move. It's amazing. I look at my house and I go, we don't have much. And when you're getting ready to get the moving van in, all of a sudden you start pulling it out of closets and drawers and under stairwells and out of attics. And you go, whoa, where did all of this come from? And we have just gobs of stuff, right? I always think, man, if I was one of those early settlers that had to travel across the United States in a Conestoga wagon, what would I take? Think about of your stuff, what's going to go in the wagon? Not much of it's going to fit, right? I mean, we, we're so used to it. And then, not only do we have a lot of stuff in our homes, but some of us get storage sheds to store additional stuff, right? 
So we have lots of stuff. I, I don't think we have to question that one probably. And then think about food. I mean, how many of you today are going to go home in your refrigerator when you open up, there is something in there? Maybe it's overflowing. Or if you don't have anything in your refrigerator, I'm going to bet you have something in the freezer above your refrigerator or on the side. And even some of you might have extra freezers to put extra stuff in. And then if you happen to run out there, most of us in this room anyway, can go down to Dillon's or Walmart and go through the aisles of food that we can choose from, right? We have gobs of food that's available for many of us here. Not everywhere for some, but for us. How about services? How many of you young people go to school? How many of you excited about going to school? Okay, <laughs> I got a few like, oh. Um, but, you know, school is a great gift, right? I mean, all of us here probably learn to read because of some kind of schooling, and it was available to us. We didn't have to fight for it. We think about, um, what about fire stations? If your house catches on fire, how many of you are glad that we have stations right down the street that we can call? Or if you get sick and you need to call an ambulance, or you need an emergency room or a hospital. We have all of that available to us. There are other community agencies to assist us with the things that we are challenged with. We have lots of services. How about um, freedom? How many of you got up this morning and thought, can I do that? Now, maybe as young people, you know, in your household, maybe there's some questions here and there. But most of the time, I never think about, can I do it or not, except for when I'm driving up and down 21st Street, and I want to go a little certain speed. And all of a sudden, there seems to be a policeman. Just want to let you know, don't do it on 21st Street. I don't have all the freedom I want there, but for the most part, I have lots of freedom. I'm not even worrying. How about opportunities? How many of us have opportunities? We can do most anything we want to if we want to do it, or we want to try we have the opportunity. We've got a world, we've got a community in which we get to do that. Or we have time. Anybody got lots of time? Yeah, some of you do. Now, I realize as I get older, time has gotten a lot more compacted. Anybody with me? I mean, I get up and go, wow, where did the day go? Or where did the year go? But you know what? When I go on vacation, it's a great time for me to figure out there's a lot more time than I thought. Days go a lot longer. Or go visit somebody in a care home if you ever start questioning whether you have a lot of time. Because they'll tell you sometimes the days are really long. We have lots of time. It's changing. So I just want, do you get a sense of all of the abundance that we have? I mean, I don't know about you though, in my life, oftentimes I can lose sight of the abundance. I can lose sight that I am that blessed in my life. And then take all the stuff we just talked about, our possessions, our community services, our, our opportunities, our freedoms, and put them all in this room and multiply them by everybody who's in here how much we have. We have a lot. We're incredibly blessed. And I hope you're capturing that sense of abundance. But granted, it is easy to lose sore. It can be easy to lose sight of our blessing. Now, I also want you to consider then the source of our abundance. Where does that come from? Now, I think in America we can look at, um, you go back to our founding fathers and mothers. I mean, these people who came. Now, there may be some things that transpired in the way it transpired that we would not all be in favor of that was not necessarily always positive. But still think about those persons who came, they had a vision, they worked really hard, 
They created a government system, and many of them were influenced by a Christian Judaic mindset that all helped shape why we participate in the abundance we participate in today. But we know that even that goes back further. So we can look at that and say, that's a great source. We can see it in America. But Scripture tells us this is a deeper source. And I'm, I'm sure you're already ahead of me in thinking. But I want us to look at Psalm 23. Now, Psalm 23 is a psalm we read a lot of times at funerals. It's one we read when we're going through times of struggle. But I want you to look at this psalm as I believe it is a psalm David records of also God is shepherding abundance. So listen to this from that perspective. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that an incredible picture of God's abundance? And David is saying, I see a God who's abundant that is wanting to shepherd that into our lives. Now, when I think about shepherding, or if you've ever cared for a flock, I grew up on a farm, as many of you know, so we had cattle. um, But maybe if you've ever been around cattle or goats or sheep or a herd, there's two ways that you can manage those animals. You can come from a perspective on one end that you look at these animals and you say, they are there for me. They're there for my benefit, and I'm going to do the minimum of what I need to do to take care of them to get what I need to out of them. So the minimal number of what food I'm going to give, the kind of water I'm going to give, the kind of care I'm going to give, but they're really all there for me, and we're just going to kind of, we'll, we'll do what we need to, but we're not going to really go over the top. Or you have a caregiver that has the mindset, I want my flock to thrive. I want the best food. I want the best drink. I want the best care. Some of you who have animals, I've got a feeling which one fits you better. And, and I want you to see, so which one do you think better reflects God's image of us? It's God saying, you're here for me. I want you to, you just get by with, I just want you to get by with what you need to get by with. And because really you're just all here about me. Or do you think we have a God that wants you to thrive? That God really does care about you and wants to pour in some blessing and wonderful things into your life. So David, I think, is reminding us of a God who really desires us to thrive. And if you look at it, Jesus continues this mindset in the New Testament. You all know this verse, John 10.10, where it says, Jesus says, I have come that you might have, what? Life, and you might have it abundantly, right? Or to the full. So there's this imagery that's being painted to us. Even Jesus is carrying it on that we have a God of incredible abundance. Now, here's the first point I want you to capture and really camp on this this morning and think about this. Abundance flows out of relationship. Think of it this way. How many of you, if you go home today and you sit with all your stuff, how many of you find that is life-giving? I mean, does it make you super happy? 
Does it fill you up? Does it make you feel joyful? <laughs> Maybe a moment. I remember when um, uh, our last child went to college here a couple of years ago. And um, we, were, we, we got done dropping our daughter off and we were coming back and we were sad. You know how that goes when you leave your last kid. Some of you may, well, some of you may not be sad. I, I don't know, but just saying. Um, but anyway, we were sad. I, my wife was more sad than I was, just saying. But anyway, I thought, I'll be a good husband. And so to deal with the sadness, we will stop by the furniture store on the way home. Bad decision. That cost me a lot of money. Now, I got to be honest. We were happy after we went to the furniture store. You know, we got some gifts. And when they came to our house, we were super excited. And they made us happy for about a month. And then... After a month, it was like, oh, it was nice. But we're sitting with our stuff. And I go, we need to go visit the furniture store again. And, right? We, can, we know that our stuff does not provide abundance. Sitting with our community services doesn't provide abundance. All the food in the world will not give you abundance. Abundance ultimately is found in relationships. It's with the people it's with the God in whom we relate with. That's where true abundance and lasting abundance is found. And so many times our world shifts that out of our mindset. And I think David really saw that abundance comes out of a life from God. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, which the Lord means here, God, Jehovah God, God to be praised, is my shepherd. That's where my life is ultimately found. And abundance flows from God to us through God. Now, here's a couple of things that I think David reflects in this psalm. So I want you to hold on to that. Always remember, abundance flows out of relationship. But David goes on and says, here's some things that this relationship with God you can trust in. He says, first of all, there's abundance of supply. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want or lack. It's not just what we want, you know, in the way of, I want you to give me this kind of Santa Claus idea. It's what, this is a God that says, will not lack. So, so you shall not laugh. So oftentimes we think of abundance granted in our money, our wealth, our having life the way we want it. And really it's a life that if I could just have life built the way I want it to look, and I want God to meet the way I want everything to come together, then I will have ultimate abundance. Folks, I'll tell you, a life centered on ourselves will not create abundance. No matter how much we think it will, we get everything we want, the way we want it, it will not create that inner sense of abundance. But God says, ultimately, that life is, it's a, abundance is a sense of knowing that all is supplied by God. Now, it's a mindset more than what? Because when I come and I know whatever I'm going to encounter, I've got a God who has opened up the floodgates towards me that will take care of what's needed taken care of. It may not always be exactly the way I want it to look. It may not always come out the way, but I believe I have an abundant God who as I center into that relationship, that abundance is going to flow into me and there's going to be a filling up of my heart that I have life even though sometimes it may not be the way I would have picked it that the storage heaven, gates of heaven have been opened towards me. No matter what I go through, that God's got it, and that God is for me, and God is focused on me, and that God is aware of my needs and will ultimately provide. 
Let me share a scripture from you from Philippians chapter 4, verse verses 11. And chapter 4, verse 11. And Apostle Paul wrote these words. He was going through a time of, he was, you know, in some, some need. He'd been in some financial need and the church had blessed him with some financial need. But I want you to hear what Paul's, where Paul's sense of abundance comes from. He says, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. He says, I've been through it all, but I know at the end of the day where I'm finding fullness is in God and whatever else may come, as long as I'm connected in there, abundance is flowing to me through that relationship. And it's lived out in my life. So there's abundance of supply. Also, David goes on, he says, there's abundance of calm. Does anybody need any calm in your life? If you look at it, what he says here, if you remember Shep, that he says, he says, I, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment, about sheep. One thing about sheep, if you've ever been around them, they're kind of anxious critters. They will not lay down if they're stressed out. They, they can't lay down, they'll wander around, they'll be up and hyper. But these sheep, it says, the Lord's my shepherd, and he makes me lie down. They're at calm. And he doesn't just make them lie down anywhere. He says, in green pastures. They're flushed, they're alive. And so we have this God, that, this shepherd that ultimately is wanting to watch over us and put in a sense of abundance and put calm in our hearts. And that's when we have an abundance of that kind of sense of calm. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 6. You remember when Jesus said, don't worry about anything. He said, look at the birds of the air. Do they worry and stress out? Look at the lilies of the field. Are they freaking out about what they're wearing today? No. For your God will supply your every need. There's a sense, Jesus is saying it too, and Jesus didn't live in great lavish halls on the earth, but he knew that abundance flows out of relationship and it fills your heart and it puts a sense of calm in you that God's got it. God's got it. St. Augustine, he was one of the early leaders in the church. Um, he wrote these words. It's up on the screen. He says, Oh God, Thou hast made us for thyself, and our souls are restless, searching till they find their rest in thee. If you're searching for anything else to bring you ultimate rest and ultimate fulfillment, it will always come up short because our soul is created for God. That's where it's going to be found. And so to look for it any other place, the other is just icing on the cake, but with God is really where it's ultimately found. Now he goes on then, and, and David says, then there's abundance not only of supply and also of calm, but there's abundance of restoration. He says, he restores my soul. Now I have not witnessed this, but what I understand about sheep is this. That domesticated sheep, that one, we know sheep like to eat, right? So if a sheep eats a lot and their wool hasn't been um, sheared off of them uh, quite in the right amount of time, Sheep will get down on the ground, and if it gets into an indentation in the ground, and it's, it eats too much, it will stretch out to get comfortable. But it has a slight problem. It gets high-centered. 
If the food shifts in its body and the weight of the bull, and it can't get over, turned over again. So it just sits there going like, you know, this. Maybe sometimes that's how we feel, right? It's like, oh. But it says, so that sheep, if it does not get turned, it will die in that spot. And what we find is the good shepherd comes to restore us to life, to put us right again. You know, for some of us, you know, we come into space, maybe we come into a space like this, and, we, you know, we've never really met Christ. I mean, we like, I've been trying to live this life on my own. It's out of center, and it's not fulfilling. And Jesus comes today and says, I want to be your shepherd. Will you let me fill you up? Will you let me come into your life and, and guide you and lead you? And he doesn't force it, but he, he invites us, right? Or maybe we've done that, but we've just kind of, somehow our life got off track, and we're just kind of trying to make it all happen ourselves, and it's just floundering. We're not going anywhere. But we have a shepherd that comes and says, I want to set you right. And we can come to him and pour out our hearts and say, I realize, Jesus, you're the way that's going to do that. Or then David goes on, he says, an abundance of guidance. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. We see these pictures, right, of a shepherd with his crook kind of leading its sheep through these windy passageways in safety. I want you to think about, you know, we have a God of an incredible abundance that comes to lead us and give us guidance. I don't know about y'all, but I wish God would sometimes just write everything down in the clouds and let me know exactly how things need to work out. Anybody with me? I would like to know everything and have it all figured out. But I, I know that that doesn't seem to be the way it works out. But one thing I do find that when we're trying to center into God and we're saying, Lord, I'm, I really want your guidance. I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. I, want, I don't want what everybody else tells me how I need to do it. I don't want to do it the way the world tells me how I need to do it. I, I don't want to do it the way I think I should be doing it. God, I really want to be following the path that you want me to be following. And is that our heart cry? Is that our desire every day, Lord? Today, I want to walk this life the way you want me to walk it, and I'm surrendering it into you to guide me and help me. And, and if we get off track, Lord, show me and get me back on track. I just want to be walking in step with you because i know when i walk with you abundance flows when abundance flows there's going to be a calm and there's going to be a peace and a sense of supply i don't have to get all stressed out god wants it to be relatively simple just are you as your heart in that space and and i think david really got that that he was really walking that path and then here's the final thing abundance then of presence the lord is my shepherd he says even when you walk through the valley and some texts say a valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil you know if you've walked the valley of the shadow of death with someone you have loved you know how hard that is you know how dark that is and i've walked that with a little season nothing like some of you i know have walked but I know how God carried me through that season. It's God's presence that gave hope and gave a sense of calm, even in the midst of the pain and the struggle. But he goes on and he says, so this God of abundance in our presence, and he, he goes on, and I love what David says. He says, in the valley of the shadow of death, right, God is with me, and he sets a banquet, banquet before me in the presence of mine enemies. 
I don't think you have any enemies. But he says, I want you to know that you can sit down, even with those enemies gathered around that maybe want to take out, take out your, well, take out your lunch or whatever. I don't know what I was trying to go with. But you think about this banquet, and he says, I've set a banquet before. I'm sitting here in a banquet while my enemies look on. God's got it. He says, my cup overflows when I'm worried that I'm not going to have enough. He says, I've been trusting in this God of abundance. And and as I continue to live abundantly with God, that God then, every time I pour my cup out, he's pouring it in, more in. It's overflowing. He says, if goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, God's with me. And he says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How abundant is all of that, that when we're walking in God's presence, we're being filled up, we're being touched, we're being supplied. Now, I know as Daniel prayed here a little while ago, we see we live in a broken world. We get it, right? Where there's lack, there's fear, there's struggle, there's evil, there's lostness, there's loneliness around us in places and in people's lives. But I think what I sense in the scriptures is Jesus and David here are saying, These are not a reflection of God or the kingdom of God. They're a reflection of a broken, fallen world. But God's kingdom is one of abundance. It's different. And you and I, in a sense, though we're of this world, we're not of this world in a way, too. Because our minds are placed upon Christ, realizing that as I walk through this life, as I keep my eyes on Jesus, he's pouring abundance into me. And then as I live in that space, it allows abundance to flow through me to others. That's the space that we're being called into to live out in our world. So here's our challenge as we're walking through the next couple of weeks. I realized this morning, and you know, as we talk about um, stewardship campaigns, it tends to have a financial component, right? But, and so I do want to name that. I mean, you, most of you probably this week got a pledge card in the mail. And, and I don't know about y'all, but when I get these from, I get these from various organizations and other churches too. I get it and I have a couple of responses, right? It's like, eh, I'll just give it I feel like doing. Or maybe, yeah, I'll give a little bit and I'll kick it in. Or um, I just throw it away, right? I don't know what your response is. But I really want to encourage you that as you walk this, that we really take this to God. Because here's why. Part, and we're going to talk about some other areas of stewardship, but in our financial stewardship, as you know, we all know in churches, as any organization, there, there's costs, right? We get that. And so we need to name that. We know we have people we have to pay, and we have no way of lights, we have to keep on insurance and all those things that we experience. But we also do incredible ministry. I, I own all that. And I'm glad about all that. But at the end of the day, what I want to encourage you to do, rather than just take this and say, eh, what did we do last year? Or what do I think today? Eh, or I'll just feel it out. I want to give you a challenge to pray into it. Just pray over the next couple, of, even if you want to take a couple of weeks and just say, Lord, what do you want me or what do you want us to give towards your kingdom through the church this year? And just listen for what the Holy Spirit leads you. And don't overthink it, okay? So don't minimize what God may want to do through you. And don't feel like you have to hyper it. Just listen. So if God says to you, hey, this year, 50 bucks. Okay, I'll put it down. I'm going to trust God that this year you're going to supply 50 bucks and I'm going to bless your kingdom back with. God says 1,000, okay. God says 10,000. Say, I don't know how that's going to work in the budget, but since that's where God's leading us, we're going to do it. 
by faith. We just start doing it. And what I've always found is if I respond to what God's calling me to do, it's amazing that in my mind sometimes things don't always make sense, but it always seems to be taken care of, and I always find I didn't miss it. In fact, I always find God always outgives anything I try to give back to God, as long as we're responding in faithfulness. So I just want to invite you to listen and then respond to God. And here's the cool thing. If we do that, then we get to look a year out and you get to look and say, I didn't know how God was going to do that, but I heard God's voice. Here's what happened. I gave that and God took care of it. And man, it was, how cool was that? So I just, I put that out as a challenge on one end. That's a card. We'd encourage you to consider if you're giving, give it electronically. That helps us. But that's just one piece. But here's the second part of the challenge. Because stewardship is not just about finances. That's part of our, our resources. But the other part is I want you to think about your time. So you may want on the back of this card or a second card to write down how am I thinking God is calling me to, to steward my time this year? Am I going to, you know, maybe you don't have a daily devotional time like prayer and scripture. And God, I'm going to, I really feel you're wanting me to make set aside five minutes each day or 10 or whatever it is to just spend with you. I'm going to, I'm going to really commit that. Maybe it's in being in worship. You know, I know our schedules are really busy and maybe when I miss worship, I'm going to catch it online or I'm going to catch another service of another church online. Maybe it's, how am I going to use, um, it's something else that's going on within my particular life um, in the way of service. What, what service is God calling me to give that I'm going to say, I'm going to commit something. So just listen in the way of your time. Then think about your relationships. What God might be calling you to do with your relationships in your life? What about with your spouse or significant other? How are you, how's God, maybe God's calling you to steward that relationship better or to change some things up. Maybe it's with your children or grandkids. To maybe it's pray for them daily. Maybe that's God's calling you to steward that. Maybe it's a friend or making a new friend. If you're at school, maybe you don't, somebody doesn't have friendship. You say, I'm gonna, I see that person. I really think God's calling me to be their friend this year. Or maybe it's somebody who doesn't know Jesus and you say, God's really put them on my heart and I want to pray for them. I want to invite them maybe to church or I'm going to just try to begin to build a good friendship. And then, and so there's time and relationships. And the third then would be talents and abilities. What has God given me that I'm good at? What do I like to do? And how, God, do you want me to use that this year for your kingdom? And just write those things down. And I would encourage you, whatever you do, whether you turn it in or don't, keep a copy of that so you can look at it. And so I would encourage you in those, those areas, those four areas we talked about in our resources and our time and our relationships and our abilities, and, that you would... Fill that card on the financial ones. Be helpful if we get a copy of that. That helps us with our planning. But if you fill out the other as well, you can put that on the back of that same card, or you can take a second card and pass it in. And you don't have to put your name on that second one if you don't want to. But I just want to encourage you to respond appropriately. You can, and you can give those anytime during the course of this week, this week or next, or on the 19th we'll have a special time. But I know some of you may not be able to be here that day. So anyway, those are just our challenges. Think about the abundance, how God wants to flow his abundance through you, then to be a blessing to those, and in the end, to experience God's blessing at an even richer level. Let's pray.